Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Uh, back with you again. And, of course, we're going to get to that Orchard Hills development and the, uh, the update from last week, the judge's ruling. And I know the segment of the population that does not want that development, though I still believe firmly, because I've yet to come across anybody that doesn't want that development, the, the people that don't want the development are a small minority. That group that's celebrating, not so fast. If you're celebrating because you're all excited because you don't think that development's going to happen, not so fast. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, also, there is a rather prominent member of our community that is leaving a position, and I'm somewhat surprised it's not getting a little bit more attention because that is a she's done an outstanding job. We'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, some other things here in the course of this program. But start off with start off with this. Of course, we've got our sports show, and if you haven't already, check out the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toys and Ford, and a great episode. This week, if I do say so myself, I am extremely humble, you know. Nowhere else in this area are you going to get 30 educated minutes on local sports talk from somebody that actually goes to the games. Uh, you will get a, a great program this, la- this, this week. And we talk about the new arena up in Halley like you and I talked about last uh, Tuesday and we break down NCAA tournament chances for the Blue Golds and we talk about uh, the high school basketball races but one thing we did not talk about in that program because it occurred today Tuesday and that is the introduction of the new football coach for the Blue Golds and and I know many of you that tune in this is not a sports show so we're not going to spend too much time talking about the Blue Gold football hire there's other spots that that will be discussed. But let's not kid ourselves either that even though, and this is this is debatable, even though this is not a football-mad area, this is probably more of a arguably baseball-hockey area, then maybe basketball, then football. That's a fun conversation. Even though... This area might not be as football mad as some others. It's still extremely popular. That's not to say it's not extremely popular. And many people judge the success of a program overall on its football team. The University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire has had numerous amount of success among its sports teams. Numerous in the last five, six years. I've, I've seen it firsthand. The football team has not had the wins, though. So people that are just a casual follower wrongly assume sometimes that your whole athletic department is what your football team is. And that, that goes the other way, too. There, there's some programs that football wins and nobody else wins, but everybody thinks the, the athletic department overall is successful. So that's why today is a big day for the Blue Golds, hiring a new coach and all of that sort of thing. And and the, the new coach is a guy by the name of Rob Erickson. And 
We don't know what the future is going to hold for the football team, but he sounds and looks the part. He came across as very passionate in the press conference today, had his family there. Again, sounded, looked the part, all that. Now, no games are won or lost during the press conference. But without a doubt, he comes across as someone who is very likable. And part of the job of any program is to be a salesperson. When you're a coach at a college, especially Division Three. part of your job is to be a salesperson to recruits and to the community. Look at what Tanya's done with the women's basketball program in her 23 years. She's part coach, part jewelry store hawker standing out by the corner with one of those rotating signs and is handing out flyers. That's kind of what every coach is. You're, 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 you're your program's number one marketer. And uh, Rob comes across, again, as a very likable, likable chap. And uh, I know I'm excited, very optimistic after today. That's not to say, though, that the, the program would be destined for failure if he went up to the podium and he was kind of dry and he spoke in a monotone or anything like that because there is no such thing as being able to read success out of the press conference. Nick Sirianni, a lot of you will watch the Super Bowl this weekend. Nick Sirianni is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles who play the Chiefs. He was god-awful at his introductory press conference and in subsequent media gatherings after that leading up to his first season. So a lot of people automatically assumed, well, he's going to be a bad coach because he wasn't very gregarious, he wasn't very outgoing, he seemed to stumble over his words, he didn't really sound educated, even though he is extremely smart at the game of football. And lo and behold, they've gone on to be a great team, the Philadelphia Eagles, with Nick Sirianni. So today doesn't ultimately mean anything in terms of wins and losses, but it's still something that I think a lot of people are super excited about, and rightfully so. This is an injection of life into this program. It's been a, a hire, by the way, that's been universally praised across the state. You may not know who Rob Erickson is, but a lot of people around the state know who Rob Erickson is. He's developed a great reputation in the state. A lot of people think the uh, the Blue Golds had a home run with this hire, so good times. Fun story, though, about it. Then we'll move on to the Orchard Hills development. I get there today for the, uh, the announcement of the press conference, for the announcement of the coach, and I have no idea who the coach is going to be. I truly have been kept completely out of the loop. Scotty was not included, and in not that I should have been. So I had no idea. This is like the birth of my kids. I was going to learn, you know, I learned the, the sex of my kids when they were born. I was going to learn the, the, who the coach was when they walked through the door and somebody told me who their name was. <laughs> so I get there today, and I was one of the first people, but not the first person. There was other people around and other people are coming in. And it became rather clear to me within the first maybe 10 minutes. Everyone in that room knew who the guy was, who the hire was, except for me. 
because I'd walk around and be like, I don't know who the person is. And then people would laugh and go, well, you know now, right? And I'm like, no, I still don't know. And they, they, they'd smirk and go, well, you'll find out in a few minutes. <laughs> and I, you know, and, no, everybody knew except for Scott. <laughs> but rightfully so, you don't tell Scott, that's me, things you want to keep under wraps. You don't tell Scott. You only tell Scott when you want something leaked. You only tell me when you want something leaked. And everyone in town knows this. It's why this program has become so popular. You hear some of the leaks on this program. Everybody tells me what they want leaked. Whether in sports, politics, business, the, the sale of the Oakware Express happened because of leaks person told me something that they know I they knew I would go tell somebody else and I know I was being used the recent merger of a couple of businesses came out because of it so Scotty only only hears when people want something leaked and then this was not something that was supposed to be leaked at all all right moving on there'll be other spots to talk about uh, blue gold football and and all that, but again, if you're a blue gold or not a blue gold or whatever, a, a, a positive day. This seems like it's a positive hire, a lot of excitement. We have no idea. You 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 can't go on the scoreboard for the press conference, but as good of a day as you can have, seemed like a very likable guy. I can't wait to chat with him. He seems like he's going to be a fun guy to talk to. And if he's a fun guy to talk to, for me, he's probably a fun guy to talk to for the players and for recruits. That's a positive. All right, so late last week, we had movement on that Orchard Hills development proposal. That's the plot of land in town of Washington, Eau Claire, wherever you want to say now. That plot of land, just a little south of the city proper, that has been talked about for that development, that the neighbors around it do not want it. And not because they've got any, they've found some rationalization reasons why not to have it. But their ultimate reason why the neighbors do not want it is the old-fashioned NIMBY. They don't want it. They want to live in a far rural environment. Something, by the way, that a lot of people have, when I told them this, in the business community locally, they've because nobody in the business community does not want this. A lot of people want this development. And granted, it's not in our backyard where they put this. But the reality of the reason people do, the people that live in the town of Washington don't want it is, again, a idea of this fall reality, this fall rurality. There's a term I'm, fall rurality. You want to think you're living in a rural environment, but the reality is you got an olive garden a five-minute, 45-second drive away. Five minutes and 45 seconds away from the, from the nearest buildings that are currently there to the Olive Garden. That's not living a rural life. Yeah, you step outside, you see rolling hills, you, you, don't have, you don't have the suburban environment, but you're not living in a rural town. When you live that close to an Olive Garden, eventually stuff is going to de develop around you. It is what it is. All right? It is what it is. Now, that's not to say there aren't real concerns that have come up since. Their motivation 
for trying to block it may be wrong, but they have there are some real things, and I've brought it up before. What are you going to do about the roads out there? You can't have it both ways. Are you going to be running sewer, water? What about cabling? All that sort of thing out there. If you're going to expand the urban footprint, you've got to expand the urban footprint. goes both ways. The people living out there can't pretend they're rural, and the people that want to expand out that way can't say we're expanding the city without actually expanding the city. So there are discussions that do have to be had. And some of it has been discussed. There's, there's been discussions about concerns over the roads and stuff like that. But the word coming down last week is this whole thing's going to be paused for a little bit because Judge Long locally, remember the city of Eau Claire annexed that property. Did it a few months ago, city of Eau Claire, in a very rare show of being aggressive from the city council, Annex that property in. Remember, you've got a person that owns that land that's trying to sell this land. Which is totally in their right. And they're trying to get this thing moving to the developer. So they went to the city and said, annex us into the city. City of Eau Claire, annex them in. Town of Washington said, whoa, wait a second. And on Friday, Judge Long ruled in favor of nullifying that annexation ruled in favor of the town of Washington, nullifying the city of Eau Claire's annexation. Remember the reason why, though, because people see that they don't read too deep into the articles and all that. This plot of land does not directly hit the city of Eau Claire. This plot of land, the city of Eau Claire, when you annex a property, can't just annex a random area even though it's close it's not directly up against the current city limit this would be the equivalency of saying we're going to annex the town of Shatek. not realistic but whether you're one mile separated or 30 miles separated the law is the same what the city of eau claire did where it gets into a gray area is that the plot of the the land between where this orchard hills development is planned and where the city of Eau Claire ends is Olo's Creek Park, which is technically part of Eau Claire County, and that's where it gets to be kind of murky there, all right? City of Eau Claire argues that they can annex that park and then annex Orchard Hills all at the same time without getting the county's approval and all of that. County says no, and that's where it's kind of a gray area as you get caught into legalese. Ultimately, the annexation nullified because Judge Long said the city of Eau Claire cannot annex this Lowe's Creek Park parcel and thus cannot annex Orchard Hills. Now, we've had a few days to let this simmer, and here is the reality. This is not necessarily a win for the NIMBYs. They're not in my backyards. And not just because people will still keep trying to develop. Not just because of that. There's people that are thinking, yep, there we go, we won. And yeah, we might have to put up with some appeals, but we're, we're killing this proposal. It, no. No. And this is why, again, you got to read all the articles, folks. Because some of the people you think are on your side are actually not on your side anymore. 
This is not, again, necessarily a win for the NIMBYs and those that don't want it, though, again, it significantly changes it to its direction. We know this. We know this. The town of Washington, which won this court case right now, originally was very hesitant towards this development, which is what slowed it down, which ultimately made the developers and the landowner see if the city of Eau Claire can move it along quickly and all that. The town of Washington is encouraging these developers to come back to them and to the county to negotiate. They're encouraging them to come back. Hey, hey, hey. This is what they're saying to the developers. Hey, we, we want to work with you. We want to work with you. You don't have to run to the city of Eau Claire. We do want to work with you. We want this development. We want to see what we can do with this. In the end, the town of Washington, the leaders there, they want this on their tax rolls because a development is going to eventually occur at this spot. No matter what, it's going to eventually occur at some point. And if it happens, and leaders fought it to the point the land is eventually legally annexed into the city of Eau Claire, and you lose the tax roll, that's tough to explain, whether it's your generation or the generations after. That's hard to explain, and the town of Washington knows that. They've got a plot of land that's going to be popular, and if they eventually chase away this developer, there's going to be others. Ultimately, my guess is this. I think the city will regroup its legal argument. They're going to file appeals. But if I'm the developer, I'm talking to all parties. I'm still talking to the city of Eau Claire, but I'm also talking to the town of Washington. Moving this thing forward. Uh, something I will give, though, to people that say it doesn't have to be developed is think of all that area just kind of north of the city. Between the North Crossing and Highway 29. And I'm talking kind of you know off Jeffers Road and that area. That area is developing now, but it hasn't been quick to develop. It has not been quick to develop. You have to remember this. Not all empty parcels of land are created equal. People are interested in the town of Washington because it is near a lot of things. It's already near a lot of things, near the infrastructure. You laugh but it's near a grocery store. And it's near an Olive Garden. I keep going back to the Olive Garden. Don't like the Olive Garden. It's new where the new Chick-fil-A is going to be. Some of these other areas, yeah, they're not a day's drive away, but they're not as close. They don't seem as desirable for any number of reasons to certain developers. Now, there's other developers that will say, yeah, I'm going to market this because there are people that want to be a little further away. Development, whether it's residential or commercial, is an inexact science. It really is. Uh, warm this week. Warm this week. But uh, you and I both know we'll get a little bit more snow before the end of this year. 
Uh, Chippewa County is nearing its total budget for snow removal and winter street care. That word coming down. I don't think that's a, a story that surprises anybody that I'm sure Eau Claire County the same way other governmental entities same thing where they're nearing their total budget for the year for snow removal and winter street care this is a story that comes up every so often and you also have years in which you saved a lot of money uh i think the big part about this story up there is that uh, the people up in chippewa county are saying hey if we go over we go over and we'll just have to consider increasing the budget in future years it's really a non-story it's one of those things that he thinks a story that's not really a story. Because it comes and goes. Next year we might have brown patches and hardly any snow from December to February. You just don't know. That being said, if we have a run here for five, six years where all of a sudden we're getting 50, 60 inches of snow a year, which is a tremendous amount for this area, and the climate has changed. And I'm not trying to start a fight there, but if the, if the climate has changed and we're going to get more snow, then monies have to be reallocated. But right now, it's not a story. You had a snow a year like we, we sometimes get every five years. You had a snow a year. Uh, WEAU did a story. Remember, next week is Valentine's Day. WEAU uh, did a story on local floral shops getting ready for Valentine's Day. Uh, it's fun to see the the specials at various local restaurants and what local restaurants are are running for specials. And be nice that they ran them for multiple days because not everybody can go out on Valentine's night, you know. But is what it is. Uh, See, the Milwaukee Burger Company is running a promotion where if you bring a picture of an X and rip it up in front of them, they'll give you a free drink. That's kind of funny. Kind of like that. Uh, I don't understand the people that despise Valentine's Day. And I'm not talking about if you are, are getting over a relationship and this brings back bad memories. That's a whole other thing. I'm talking about the people that are just cynically miserable pricks. It's no different than Groundhog Day and St. Paddy's Day and some of these other things that, well, maybe more, you know, there is a story behind Valentine's Day. And yeah, it's mostly become something concocted up by card companies and marketers as a reason for you to buy things, giving people a reason to buy things. It's not a bad thing either. It breaks up the winter. It breaks up the winter. And it is an excuse for you to get somebody something. You don't always have to be so cynical and not like things, okay? Do you have to go buy a big thing of flowers for your special someone? No. Nice to do it, though, every once in a while. Do you have to always go out and buy jewelry? They try to do that. Or, or, or let's be honest, boys, they, they keep trying to pump up that uh, lingerie. Do you have to do, do, buy stuff annually big and lavish? No, but it's, it's an excuse to do it once in a while. You get good deals. So I saw this, and I, I thought there was an announcement earlier about it, but I saw it in the paper today, just in case we missed this. But Sue Bornick is stepping down as the leader of the Community Foundation, and oddly it was just a small article in the paper. So I think, I think there was another story about this months ago, wasn't it? Or maybe I'm confused. 
But Sue Bornick has announced she's stepping down as the leader of the Community Foundation. She's been in that role for 14 years. Now she'll stay with the organization. She's going to be taking on a part-time position. They hope to have a new person in charge June 1st. But Sue Bornick's been there for 14 years. I've met her a couple times. Very nice person. Uh, helping to get funds in for various projects in the area. Uh, during a time in which we were getting a lot of these projects going in the area. Uh, it's not an easy job, especially you've got this foundation. The university's got its own foundation. The, the school's got its own foundation. And you're knocking on the doors. You're, you're knocking on all these doors just like everybody else. And you're trying to get people to donate you money which sometimes is fairly easy because somebody's got an affinity towards something and they go, yes, I want to give to that. Other times, somebody's got, you, you got to try to convince somebody to do it. And by making a big donation, maybe they get their name on something. You got to make those deals because it's not like advertising where it's going to directly bring somebody into their business. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an easy job to sell donations to be that type of salesperson. Sue Bornick's done it for 14 years. Now, no insight, but my guess would be whoever takes over this position, and my recommendation too, would be someone local, somebody at least in the area 10 years. If they were in the area longer, even better, but at least 10 years. The best person for the job in this case, most likely someone local who has spoken to area businesses and been in the community for years. And no, I'm not advocating for myself. I do not want that. Being local is not always better for a job. But in this case, talking about donations, giving to area projects, someone with at least some years locally, I think is big with that sort of gravitas. Now, the only thing you worry about at these jobs is that a lot of times the people in these positions, uh, they kind of retreads from other, other places. Somebody knew somebody who knew somebody, and they, they get the position. Maybe. That's not always a bad thing. You never know. But whoever gets it, hopefully it's somebody that's local, that's familiar with the business community, that's taught to the business community. And to kind of tie it into the thing we had at the beginning of the program, with the new Blue Gold football coach, you need that person to be very outgoing, friendly, somebody that can connect with people. You, you need that. You need somebody that they walk into a room and people want to talk to them. You need that. That's extremely important. I, I am somewhat surprised. Some of the people I've seen in, in certain positions in the area and all of that, I, I do sometimes question. And some of them have turned out to be very good. Others you can kind of tell are struggling. And you go, I you know, you're not a good fit for it. Like you may be a nice person in the interview and you might be a nice person in the office. But there's a different level between being nice and a hard worker and somebody that has that sort of gravitas. There's a difference there. Heard a great line a few days ago, and that's, that's the thing here. Not everybody that's an assistant 
is cut out to be the top person. And that's exactly why, what I just said there. That is a, you may be a hard worker, great, you're perfect as the, you know, you're, you're friendly, you're well-liked, you get a lot of things done. But you're not the perfect fit to be the, the head person. And remember, the, the person behind, in the assistant role, the sort of duties and things you're going to be taking care of are a little bit different than the person that, that a lot of times the head, it's not a figurehead, not a puppeteer, okay, but a lot of being the head of something like the community foundation is your you. A lot of it is your you. If that makes sense. And th there's people that are, and it's one of the unfair things in life too, but we all accept it. There's some people that are at the top that actually would make terrible assistance. <laughs> and I know it's not fair because the, the top person gets paid more, but we can go down a whole thing of corporate ladders and, and stuff, uh, stuff like that because you know, people will say, well, Scott, you just said that you know, you're, you're, you're glass ceiling people is what you're doing. You're glass ceiling people. I'm not really, we can have a whole discussion about money. Yeah, that's the issue it comes down to is when you say, well, I'm at this level, and if you say I can never, I, I'm just not cut out to be a, the, the, the top of the chain, well, then you've, you've maxed out what I can make. Well, yeah, that's life, unfortunately. And I'm sure, by the way, we can have all, you know, the, the, there's coaches that would tell you, life coaches and business coaches will tell you, hey, they can, you know, you can work on some things to generate that gravitas. That's not always something you have to be born with. All right, back with you on uh, Thursday with another edition of the program. Uh, we'll see what comes up in the next couple of days. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying this great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.